Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear a scream and shout. I love of Indiana, his manic and devout. Everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hello, Ward. Hello, Eric. All right, we got a lot to talk about, so let's just get into... We are... Powered by... And fade out, which I love. I got some new messaging for community cars, by the way. We all know the old stuff about you can get it any way you want. Okay. Don't be a jackass. But here is the truth about community cars right now look if you are in the market for a new car or a used car you're just in the market to buy a car you know it's a tough time to buy a car because interest rates are crazy you know interest rates have gone up it's bad for mortgages it's bad for buying cars and financing cars the great thing about community cars and i know this from personal experience and from other people who have talked to me about going to buy a car from them zero percent interest no, Jesus. No, that's too <laughs> close to the bone. That is too close. You can't do that. You can't that one. You, that's not delivering cars by drones. You can't do that. No, here's the truth. You go to them with the budget that you have. They have a car for every single budget. If you go to them and say, listen, I've got $20,000 that I don't want to spend more than that, or I only want to spend $350 a month. They're going to find you the best possible car, whether it's new, whether it's a used one on their lot, whether it's a used one that they can get from a different lot and bring to them. No matter where you are and what you have, and these are tough times, especially because of the interest rates, they're going to find the best possible car for you. They're not going to, you're not going to feel like they're selling you something above where you want to be. You tell them what your range is, you tell them what you're comfortable with, and you could even tell them, this is the kind of car that I want. And if they don't have that exact car, they do the research for you and they know everything about cars. They'll find you the type of car that is very similar to the one you want for your budget. They've done this with many people that have heard our promos for them and gone and bought a car. And we're talking about first cars for 16-year-olds. We're talking about, I need a car for my kid who's in college. We're talking about kids right out of college who want to buy their first car. We're talking about people that want to buy the family sedan that are, you know, in their 40s. All the way up, every budget strata, they have a car for it. Communitycars.com. And look, winter is coming. 
you I don't think you want to keep driving around that clunker when a Bloomington winter, an Indiana winter is about to hit. So get yourself in there. Make sure you stay warm and safe on the roads because winter is coming. Communitycars.com. Here's the other thing coming. What? The Cigarnetti era. Oh, it's here, baby. It is here. And he's and he's bringing an army with him. He bringing his whole staff. Basically, it's exactly what we talked about on our spaces. It, you know, we we did our spaces the night before it was announced that he was done. I we were I was holding really our hoping we weren't jinxing us the whole time. I was like, please don't let this blow up in our face. We had a pretty good idea that it was happening. Um, but we talked about how, look. If this is the guy you want and this is the culture that you're buying into. You have to just take a step back and say, whoever you want to yeah. do that thing that you do, do that here. And he has clearly stated, it's everybody that I had there. And I'm bringing pretty much all of them with me. Offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. You know, I'm mean, bringing them all. Yes. And yeah. I am all for it. The hires, he is keeping the offensive line coach. Saw that. Which we, which we, you know, got from Wisconsin. So that's probably a good hire. I am curious about strength and conditioning. I haven't read about that unless I've missed it. Yeah, I think that guy was at like Texas Tech and some other school. Um, that is on Peaks. You can go and check out who that is. But that guy had been a couple other big programs. He got an analyst from Penn State who's coming over. I forget in what capacity. I think that's for the DBs coach. Okay. So, you know, big, big time programs, guys, he clearly has a relationship with and knows they're ready for for a shot, you know, at the next at the next level or um, at least in the the Big Ten. But to your point of we're, we're buying the whole thing. It's not like, yeah, we want you and then we're going to kind of uh uh, 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 micromanage how you do that. This guy, you just need to listen to talk for five minutes max, and you know he's dialed this thing in. And I'm sorry, I maybe it's the obvious thing to say, but the conviction in which he has in what he's doing, and even the way he expresses that conviction is Saban like. Yeah, he gives zero fucks. <laughs> and look, you and I fell in love with him. One, because the name is just fit for a pun about cigars. That's number one. Yes. But what is that? Who gave did us you a just thumbs see up? That? Yes. Who get who's listening and gave us a thumbs up? Did it just see it in the camera? Dude, I just put my thumb up. I did it again. Oh, it's not doing it on mine. <laughs> this is really why you need to subscribe to Pigs and get the visual component of our show. Wow, weird AI, man. AI. It's probably not AI. Um, but then we watched the video of him on the McAfee show where he told the NCAA to just go stick it straight up their ass, which then we absolutely love. Then he talks about how he had a certain number of losses and it was too many losses. You know, every one of them was too many. 34 losses is too many. Then he comes to IU, and in his first press conference, a certain, can't call him a journalist because he is not a journalist, because that would be insulting journalists everywhere in the world, but somebody who must have stolen his IU media credential sneaks into the room and asks a question to him, to this seasoned coach, 
who, by the way, is leaving a team that's ranked in the top 25 or was at one point. They were 11 and one this year. And he asked him, what's it going to be like for you now dealing with NIL since you never had to deal with that? And the the first thing he does is under his breath, he just goes, yeah, we did. <laughs> you know, like, and then he just tells him, I don't know what you're talking about. We've had NIL for two and a half, three years. Like we have a collective. All you had to do is all you had to do is look it up. He just shit all over him for a stupid question. And here's what I want to say to the, even though I, I do like that he nailed that particular guy, uh, just a heads up to the IU press corps game on <laughs> yeah right like you better yes. bring it this ain't this ain't uh uncle tommy anymore who will just take every bullshit question this guy's coming in he's got two guns one for each of you the man and he's ready to fire the man clearly does not suffer fools uh unfortunately that means at some point we're going to get him on this show and we may get eviscerated uh but for everybody else whether it be in the press room or in the locker room is going to have to get in line. Like this guy knows what he wants. He knows how to get there. And anybody who doesn't fall into line and get with the program is not going to be there very long. And I just, I think it's so refreshing to have somebody so confident, so direct, with such a track record of success everywhere he's gone. I mean, it is it is crazy when you look at it the way he's just, I'll, I'll go here and win, then I'll go here and win, I'll go here and win, I'll, and, and just next step, next step, next step. And to your point, to get James Madison into the top 25 after taking them from the FCS to the FBS, this is a guy who elevates every place he's at he he wasn't going from successful program to successful program yes james madison was successful before he got there but then he literally took it to the next level yeah and he did it at elon in in first year and he did it at indiana university pennsylvania he's like, already he's succeeded everywhere. at indiana university yes. he is the winningest coach in the history of indiana <laughs> university and he the other thing i love is this is hard to put your finger on but you listen to him talk. You watch him in that press conference. You've listened to the interviews that he's done since on Big Ten Network. And it just feels like he's bringing big-time football to Indiana. Like, it feels like he's bringing... This isn't the gang that couldn't shoot straight anymore. This isn't the, yeah, we know we're Indiana, we're everybody's, you know, stepbrother, and they'll just beat the shit out of us. And like, yeah, if we can get some scraps here and there. No, 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 no. That's not what he's been exposed to in his life when he learned from Saban and talked about Saban being a huge mentor. It's not what he built at those places. It's not why he came to Indiana. He treats it like it's big time football. He doesn't take a back seat to anybody. And here we are to that point. Yes. Saying Purdue sucks to Assembly Hall crowd is great, and you're going to get a great reaction, and that is the first thing you should say, and he nailed it. But then to throw it at Ohio State and Michigan, you know, it is. I think so much about athletics point. is about confidence and look. And perception. And, and, well, yes, but I think 
I guess your own self-perception can affect your confidence in a game, you know, because like it's sort of like who cares about what we think? It's about what he gets his staff and players to think. And you can't help but figure a lot of times over the last century, Indiana football teams went into Michigan and Ohio State games being like, shit, I hope we can just keep it close for the first half. And and while no doubt it won't happen overnight, I don't expect us to beat Ohio State and Michigan both next year. I think for us to get to that point, two, three, four years down the line where we're like, hey, the spread isn't even in double digits for a home game against one of these teams. You've got to start with believing it yourself and getting the people around you to believe it. And then and then if it can expand to all of us where we're going into those games, where we're believing it, too, then you might have something, especially if it's in a sold out Memorial Stadium where the majority of the fans are not from Columbus. So two points I want to make one. Three years ago, I think your point about who cares what we think, because it's about him believing and getting the players to believe. But in the era of NIL, it does matter what we think. Because what we think and how we perceive the program as yes. fans leads yes. directly to contributions. And that brings me to the day that he was hired, we launched a little football campaign that we thought would be a little football campaign. And within five hours, we surpassed $100,000. That Incredible. I haven't looked at the total, but it's well over $150,000 for football. It is incredible. Go to hhnil.com, and there's a big button in the middle of the screen that says football only. If you want to support football only, go there and do that. It is unbelievable. That surpasses so much of the NIL that we tried to do for football because there hasn't been a belief that the program was going anywhere. So people, and I don't blame them, they thought they were throwing good money after bad. Yeah. And now with this guy and the belief that he's already giving us, and him saying, you know what? Screw like how long it's going to take. We're going to be better next year. Like, like well, and, and, we're and, going to a bowl game next year. That's how I'm thinking about it. We're going yeah. to a bowl game next year. And just based on his track record and his persona, I believe him. I do. And we looked at the schedule with, with Matt Weaver, and there's definitely six wins there um, for a guy who knows what he's doing. And to your point of like the perception and how that can play into getting Jimmy and Joe's, I don't think we've ever had such a universally praised coaching hire on nationally either, on either sport uh, in in any sport you know i'm sure when uh yegley yegley took over for his dad everybody was okay with that yeah, but just looking at football and basketball your point is right yeah and and that it's that's a national perspective that's not crimson kool-aid perspective you know i'm sure a lot of us would have gotten ourselves as optimistic as we could be for whoever they went with or maybe not because we're all just so damn jaded with iu football at this point but this one to be like oh wait i i'm excited about this guy and so is this pundit who couldn't be further away from Bloomington or caring about what's going on. I've got people saying, hey, I was at my kid's uh, basketball practice here on the East Coast, and uh, one of the dads came up to me and said, that's a great hire. Like, this is universally praised as arguably the best coach thus far um, picked up in the, the coaching cycle, and that's just not something we're used to, but could. We could, we could get comfortable having – 
everybody agree that our coaches were the right guy at the right time. Let me say this. If I'm going to point out one negative to the IU social media team, the football coach came to assembly hall and he got on a microphone and he said, Purdue sucks. And so does Michigan and Ohio state. If you are going to put out that video as a video to promote your coach and cut out that part of it, don't put the video out, grow some stones. This is our guy. Now he's putting it out there. He's got big cojones. He doesn't mind saying it. He's the voice of the program. He's the leader of the program. Get on board with that attitude. Don't run from it. Don't hide from it. And they clearly did because they put on what was before it. And then they cut that out and they put on what was after it. They made the decision to get rid of it and screw that. This is our leader. And the other thing I loved in his press conference is when he got really the most animated that he got in that press conference, besides when he shit all over that pseudo journalist, was when he said, there is one leader and that's me. Mm -hmm. And everybody in the building knows it. Like this is a, like you said, Saban-like as far as attitude, but that is important. There is one leader. It's him. Take your cues from him period and just roll with it in for a penny in for a pound don't shy away from it i'm in i think we're all in and everybody including those of you who have never given to the football football nil before and we had a lot of people on the boards saying hey man this is the first time i've ever given a football nil um we we need that to keep going right and we make need it a that. monthly contribution make it a monthly yeah and then and then when we really start winning you can increase your monthly contribution <laughs> because it's it's one of those things where everybody said it in in both basketball and football how it is important these days in basketball we were like well this is how we can get back this we have an inherent advantage with the largest most fervent basketball fan base in the country we can make up for lost time on the court here and i think we very quickly put ourselves in the position of one of the top collectives and nil situations for iu basketball now with football we're way down at the other end and if if this guy is one of the best coaches in the land and can take look and i love that he doesn't look at stars i love that he doesn't look at stars i love that he talks about the best success he's had in the portal has been from guys at other smaller schools who have produced not from power five schools sec schools who never really saw the field and that they ended up kind of being busts for him so he clearly doesn't care about the evaluation or the hype he he cares about the players if they went to class in high school and and what kind of work ethic and love of the game they have. But, okay, if we want him to overachieve, he's going to have to overachieve with the talent he has for a little while. But at a certain point, if we do want to get into that conversation with the best football schools in the country and we think we have the coach to do it, we're going to have to do our part. Absolutely. And you know what? You know, He made the point that like virtually every school is turning over 30% of their roster a year on average with – um transfers okay right yep we won three games last year and we were a score away he even talked about it i mean it's the pacino speech from any given sunday right like it's a game of inches 
we were one score away from winning against Purdue, against Illinois. You know, the Penn State game turned on basically a play. Michigan State, like, I mean, there were so many games that we could have won. You turn over 30% of your team, and when you bring in a new coach, I bet it's even higher than 30%. Sure. With who you're bringing in? Yeah. I have no doubt that we'll be better than 30% better than last year. I agree. So take that on those plays, and it is not out of the the world of reality and pragmatism to think that we should be in a bowl game next year. And that should be the expectation. Go get a guy like this, which not only was universally praised as Indiana's best hire, to your point, this century, it's the best basketball, universally praised basketball or football hire that has been made in Indiana. But it was the best hire in all of college football this mm-hmm. offseason. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure there's some other ones that still need to happen. But everybody's talking about how Indiana has made the best hire that they went out and got this guy. And it is the perfect situation. You talked about this. If you're Texas A&M, then you probably don't want a 62-year-old guy because you think you're hiring the guy that will be your Kirby Smart, your Dabo Sweeney, you know, your Lincoln Riley. But Indiana doesn't need that. We need the best guy for the next five years. And may, and he says he wants to coach till he's 75. So that's 13 more years. It's the perfect timing And I give Scott Dolson credit for targeting him and getting him. I haven't seen details of the contract yet. I don't care what they paid him. I don't care what they paid him. And I also, I don't give a shit about stars. I don't give a shit who leaves in the transfer portal. Don't let the door hitch on your ass on the way out. You know, like this is his team. He's going to form it the way he wants to. And if you don't want to be part of it, adios. I just can't believe that. When he goes out recruiting, the way we all feel about him in these few short days doesn't translate to recruiting right away of these young prospects who are wondering, you know, where they can go and be in a winning culture and have a guy who really knows what he's doing, knows what he wants and knows how to achieve it that that's something they're going to pick up on their parents, their coaches, they're going to be hearing the buzz that we've been hearing about this new coaching hire. And we talk about that new coach smell and, and Woody certainly had it. And because of Woody's resume in the NBA realm, it's certainly something that we've seen a caliber of recruit, not only visiting Indiana, considering Indiana, but committing to Indiana that we were not seeing in the years prior. And I think right away in the first recruiting cycle or two, before you really get a chance to vet what's going on with the team on the field, we're going to start getting interest from recruits, particularly the better ones in and around the state, who you've got this guy and you've got this program with with. You know, you're going to have to figure you're going to get on the field faster at IU than you will in Columbus or Ann Arbor if you're coming out of Indianapolis Um, at this point in the program. Hopefully four or five years from now, you're like, nope, I'm going to have to be like all the other young studs and and wait my turn because they're so good down there in Bloomington. But right now, I think he's going to be able to land some guys that we couldn't have really gotten to take an interest, you know, were there not have been a regime change. Yeah, and I just would push back a little on the timeline because if you're turning over 30% of your roster every year, two years, two years, and you're you're a new team. Yeah, but I said like a year. I said like a season. No, you were saying four or five years down the road, these guys may not, may have to take their, 
slot. I, I think it could be in oh. two years. Okay. That, All right. That, yeah. I want I, you to I, be I just right. think that the transfer portal has changed everything. It, it just, I mean, 30% of your team, Ward. I mean, that is crazy. How many people were on a college football team all told? 250. <laughs> it's probably closer to that than it is 50. I no, think it's, it's like, like 100 people. Yeah, it's, it's, I forget where it is. I think like scholarships is 90 something, I think, but maybe that's changed. No, but... I, don't, I don't think it's that. I think it's like 85. Up. I was way we, off. We, gotta, we should look that up. We should look that up. <laughs> All right. Anyway, it's exciting as hell. Can't wait. Uh, IU women's basketball has been on a roll. Some tough games. They went to Maine and it was a tough game, tougher than it should have been. But Mac had a good homecoming and played well. Uh, they played uh, yesterday against Stetson on Sunday and beat the pants off of them. So that was good. They've won several in a row, but the real season's going to start soon. And they're still figuring out life without Grace Berger, truthfully. They they really are. Um, Talia Goodman, there was a nice was wasn't it her article on Sarah Scalia? Sarah Scalia, yeah, yeah, that was a nice article to just really show how Sarah has had, really was settling in towards the end of last season, but now without Grace, has really been come become the the third go to weapon out there, which we're really going to need as it gets you know it gets relentless getting into the Big Ten, but I think this is a team and a coach that is is primed to figure it out when these conference games really start counting and damn it i'm already i'm i already i just hate iowa so much now it's it's pretty crazy that it's fun that you look at the schedule and you start scouting out like okay who are these games obviously we've had great battles with ohio state and of course you want to beat purdue every time but it's like those iowa games you just circle on the calendar and you're like okay we know when we have to we have to be at a hundred percent. We have to be at our best. And then there's IU men's basketball. Uh, and we should say, I'm sorry. I watched the IU men's soccer elite eight game and we lost, of course. And I'm sorry, all of you soccer fans out there ending a game with penalty kicks is so stupid. It's just so stupid. Just play. You know just what they should play do until they score. This is what they should do instead is take one of the goals and bring it to, to midfield and just play on half a field. Okay. I like that better than I like. Yes. I like that. Or, or the whole field should just shrink continuously. <laughs> like in Fortnite when yes. the storm's coming yes. and you're all forced to get closer and closer. Dude, just Yes. Until the goals are touching each other. <laughs> um, but another great season, elite eight big 10 championship. Um, but at Indiana soccer, anything less than a national championship is considered a disappointment, which is a nice place to be as a program. And then there's IU men's basketball. Harvard game, since the last time we chatted, uh, scored a lot of points. Didn't look particularly great. The defense was not particularly great. I think we got really lucky that they went real cold on three-pointers in that second half. Look, it was at the beginning of that game, I was, I was, I think I was at my daughter's musical. No, yeah, was that it? I forget. Something was going on. No, but- that wasn't the musical game. Whatever it was, I had like 292 texts that and then I was like, that was Maryland. That was Maryland. No, Friday night. No, no, no. I'm I'm talking about the Harvard game because wasn't that the same day they hired Signetti? I believe it was Maryland. Maryland was the Signetti game. No, 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 no. Dude, no, because he got hired the day before. Yeah, but we didn't play the day before we played a game. 
We don't play back-to-back games. I'm talking about the Harvard game. I don't care about okay. all these trappings. But I th- you, you brought up Signetti. Well, just because you're like trying to like box me into exactly when it was when it's totally irrelevant. The point was, I had you know what it was? It was that Tom Allen was fired. That's what it was. Okay. 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 And so I'm spending all day sitting on 300 texts and I'm like, either they're really going off about Tom Allen and who's next, or we lost to Harvard. So like 12 hours later, when I finally get to watch this game and I'm expecting us to maybe just get run off the floor by Harvard. I'm, I'm, and then the way it started and particularly McKenzie, You know, I think it was like, ah, there's the guy we've been waiting to see. And I know it wasn't always pretty and we didn't we didn't do everything we all want us to do all the time perfectly at both ends of the court. But I feel like it was the most enjoyment I'd gotten from watching Indiana basketball until the Maryland game. Until I would argue until the Maryland first half. No, I'd say the first 30 minutes of the Maryland game. Okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, we played really well. Maryland sucks. (laughs) I I was shocked how bad they were. It looks like Julian Reese has gotten worse. It looks like the players that have been there have regressed and the rookie, the freshmen aren't doing well. I would, I would contribute a lot of Julian Reese looking that bad. I know I read how bad they were doing in their previous games and that's why they were four and three but yeah. in this particular matchup i'm like hey we've got this guy named khalil Ware. good luck down there because when he wasn't in reese reese could get a little more accomplished and look a little bit more like reese of old but when you're going up against khalil it's like there is no daylight especially if you are a finesse center you know, I think like what we saw with Donovan Klingon in Connecticut, and it'll be interesting against some of the bigger bodies, and it'll be interesting against Hunter Dickinson and against Zach Eady. Guys with meat on their bones that can bang, I think it may be a different story. But when Khalil's playing against a guy who's more of a finesse player, he's just better. He mm-hmm. is so skilled. His And the concerns about his motor, we have not seen those yet. Although he did not play well against UConn. That, that is for sure. And there was one other game where he did not play great. It might have been Louisville that he didn't play great. Um, I can't really remember. But he's been unbelievable. I mean, he's been like All-American good so far. Yeah. Uh, at all levels of the game. He shoots. I wish he would shoot more threes. <laughs> I do. Like, I'm not but, asking for him to shoot 10, but four a yeah, game, not um, one. He's usually because when it's there, he'll take it. But kind of at his height, you know, he's had at least four looks a game where you're like, well, he wouldn't be forcing that. But if it's too early in the clock, I think he just he doesn't want to push it. And, you know, the thing is about him taking those, even though I, I think they'll go in more often than not. Um, it doesn't do the work you need of like stretching the court because he's, he would be like stretching it for himself. Not that he couldn't get it down to Malik or even Mac and there'd be more room in the paint for those guys to go to work. So there's that, but I, I think he's just really playing within himself. I agree, but I will say if he's going to take a center out to the three point line, Trey Galloway and Xavier, when they're back, will have more driving lanes. Good point. Very good you point. You know, without a rim yep. protector. So the, the guy's going to shoot a lot of threes in the NBA. 
I mean, he's just going to. I feel like Khalil Ware is the player that when he gets to the NBA, as long as he keeps his head screwed on straight, is going to be better in the NBA than he was in college. More, show off his skills even more. But he is awesome right now. Malik needs to stay out of foul trouble. And if Malik stays out of foul trouble, he is kicking ass down low. And he's kicking ass against, he did it against UConn too. Mm -hmm. He went against big bodies and pushed through and looks good doing it. That runner hook that he has now is awesome. His footwork, his touch around the rim, it, it is really special. And to be able, look, let's just hope that back stays healthy. They can figure that out. And we've all talked about the buddy ball at this point between the two. But that is, that is I mean, you go from all-American, all-world Trace Jackson Davis playing for the Warriors now and race this really strong eight-year veteran of the program, you're like, all right, it, you know, it's going to take a minute to figure out what's going on down there. But those two guys, uh, just from the jump, have showed everybody that's why they were five stars. I know we were just poo-pooing on star numbers, but you can see it in the level of talent that they have. And McKenzie, what I love about McKenzie in these last several games is he's scoring without hitting threes. His three ball is still terrible right now. I think he's like three of 20 on the season. It's not good, but his motor is great. He's getting offensive rebounds. He's making himself available down low. He's mixing it up down low. He's hitting those curl mid-range jumpers. He's looking very good. His three ball is going to fall. I feel very good that his three ball is going to fall. I don't feel the same way about Gabe and Trey. I don't know if those are going to fall. And CJ Gunshot looks broken right now. And he just looks like he's lost total confidence. Also, they got to come up with a play that if Peyton Sparks is in there and he gets fouled shooting, he needs to go down with an injury. <laughs> Ward, he's shooting 21% from the free throw line. It is too bad we live in a culture where a grown man can't do a granny shot. Yes, he should be doing a granny shot. No doubt about it. It's only pride and, and stigma that is getting in the way of, you know, that would at least get it up to 40 or 50%. But any foul on him down low is a good foul as long as you're not getting too close to the bonus against Indiana. You're absolutely right. So uh, exciting, though. We're 6-1. and one. Got a chance to go to 7-1. and one. On the road, by the way, I don't remember the last time Indiana was 2-0 and in the Big Ten. It seems like we always split these two games that we play in December since they started doing it. Win the home game, lose the road game. But in a year where Purdue, the first game of the year, loses at Northwestern, where Michigan State looks like they're really struggling, where the Big Ten doesn't look very good, you start 2-0 and in conference, and we absolutely should. Michigan sucks. They're not good. They're not good. Their head coach can't even coach, and he's getting kicked out of games, not even <laughs> as the head coach. Like, we should be able to beat them. They should not have an answer for our front court. I, I If you start 2-0 and in this year, it is a huge leg up in, in the Big Ten Conference to start 2-0. and And as we know, any road game you get is good, and you win on the road early, and the confidence that builds yeah. going into these murderers row of Auburn and then Kansas – I mean, I think it is a huge, huge early season conference game. Huge. And I think yeah. we're going to win by 42. Um, I like that. I believe that's slightly over the spread. Um, it would be nice. Okay. It would be nice to to keep covering the spread. I, I do think, and look, 
even in the games he was playing this year, we discussed this X. Sometimes it's good X, sometimes it's bad X. I think either way, especially against a backcourt like Michigan or or many in the Big Ten or, you know, to to the point of Kansas coming to town, we if nothing else, we just need a size and length on defense. You know, I think Gabe um, obviously understands what needs to be done out there. But at this point, a lot of times just doesn't have the the physical strength, attribute, speed um, to, you know, or or even that that knowledge of what's coming at him yet because it's all coming bigger, faster, stronger than he's used to, to compensate for that. So I'm, I'm a little nervous uh, against big 10 backcourts and Kansas backcourts. And we, I, I just hope we see X really soon. What have you heard? What have you heard? I have not heard. I, I, I don't think, I don't think there was a lot of optimism for it after he was kept out of the last game, but I don't know. I don't know the latest by the time people are listening to this, there may be an update. Uh, yeah. That said, we have the unique opportunity of talking to a player during the season who can tell us more about how the team's looking. So what do you say we just shut the hell up and get to it? I always think that's a good idea. Here comes a guest. Here comes a guest. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Hoosiers of all ages. He's back. He's back on the show. But, you know, last time we had him on, he hadn't suited it up for the Indiana Hoosiers yet. Now he's a wily veteran of the Candy Stripes, and we couldn't be more excited to have him here on the eve of the Michigan game. Eric, who exactly is it we are speaking with? Hailing from, and I'm going to try to get it right, Baltimore. <laughs> yes, sir. That's right. We are talking to a gentleman who in high school, won state titles in back-to-back years, his sophomore and junior years. He was a McDonald's High School All-American game nominee. He was a four-star high school prospect by ESPN. He matriculated first at Miami, where he did some good things. They went to an Elite Eight. They went to a Final Four. They might have beat us, whatever. But then he made the best decision of his life, which was to transfer to Indiana University. And in very short time, this gentleman has become a key component to this team and truthfully to this team finding a little bit of its groove over the last several games as this gentleman comes off the bench with energy, defense, rebounding, got that nice little floater that we're going to talk about a little bit. We are, of course, talking about the best video game player on the team. We are talking to Anthony Walker. Yeah, I thought well, that was one of my best introductions ever. Oh, there you go. There you go. We strive, we strive to make you happy. So <laughs> here we are. As Ward said, we are on the eve of the Michigan game. You are in Ann Arbor right now. So just let's just start with can you just tell us what's going on like tonight? Like what does a day look like when you get in town with Indiana? Yeah, so we we did all our practice and our film uh before we left. So once we got here, we all ate as a team and now we're just scattered around in each other's rooms playing video games and, and, and just talking, just hanging out. Is there any talk of the game tomorrow at all? Or is that kind of you had your fill for the day and now you're just trying to relax and have a good time? So, yeah, I think I think it's more just relaxing right now. We don't want to we don't want to cloud our minds with too much over the game. Don't overthink it. You know, it's, it's something we've been doing since we were all little. So. We did our homework this morning. We're going to do our homework tomorrow morning and leading up to the game, and, and, and best believe we'll be prepared. All right, let's get into the weeds. What'd they feed you? What's for dinner on a road trip like this? What do you get? They had a little salad bar, some fruit, uh, chicken tenders. I think we had a little 
roast beef, macaroni and cheese. It was a lot of stuff. A lot nice. of good. And do you have particular foods you do or do not eat before a game the the night before that you feel get you really in that that zone with 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 the energy, right? Like my tennis coach always right. used to make us like go to the Wendy's potato bar and carb load. What's your routine? So when I was really young, we had went to the Baltimore. We had took a field trip my elementary school to the Baltimore Ravens uh, arena, and I remember here one of the people telling us there, one of the uh, the chefs told us that a pregame meal. I think it was Ray Lewis. I'm not too sure though, but one of his pregame meals was chicken tenders. So <laughs> ever since then, that's been one of my favorite foods. So chicken tenders is definitely the way to go for me. For in Bloom, and when you're in Bloomington, do you guys do a dinner before a home game, or are you guys left to your, to yourselves for dinner before a home no, game? We do a little pregame meal. So we usually do the shoot around, and then right after shoot around, we do pregame meal as a team. All right, but if you were getting chicken tenders on your own in Bloomington, there's a few different spots to get chicken tenders. What's your go-to? You know, I actually haven't particularly ordered chicken tenders from a specific spot. Okay. But of course, I'm still I'm still a Buffalo's guy at heart, so I just, the chicken wings, chicken wings there, get it done. But you now have Dave's Hot Chicken, which is you right there on Kirkwood. You got you got uh, what's Raisin Cane's? Yes. You got Chick Fil A. You do. That's the that's the the popular choice, Chick Fil A. And then you got that other one ward that we went to. What was that one called? It's out by the College Mall. That Southern Chicken place that we went to. Remember you and I went spicy <laughs> chicken. You don't you remember. You don't. Yeah, we did. <laughs> oh we yeah, did. it's we by did. it's right by Chick Fil A out there. Yes, it is. Yeah. All right. Okay. No, but you're, but wait, you're not. No, you're wait, not, wait, uh, wait, wait, wait. Before we move on, I saw Anthony's eyes light up at the mention of dave's hot chicken oh yes what's your order there and most importantly what heat level do you get it at so i get hot because i think hot is too hot i always say it's too hot and i keep ordering it so i usually get two hot chicken uh sandwich sliders and then of course i get double order of fries do you get the cheese on the sandwiches oh no i don't get no cheese i usually just put a honey packet on the um the sandwich to, to even out the heat level oh that's a good idea Anthony, a couple weeks back, we went to uh, Stanford to see the women play uh, up okay. in Stanford. Ward and I, we took our families and we road tripped it up there and we had uh, lunch at a ramen place and Ward decided to go hot on the <laughs> on the spice level. The dude was sweating like a pig, just napkin. And they didn't give us napkins. They only had Kleenex on the table. So oh, he just was- kept. Oh, it was disgusting. It oh, was it disgusting. would just hang up there by itself. But <laughs> when you say lunch, I think that's a misperception. It was brunch. It was 11 a.m. when it the was. place oh. opened. It was 11 a.m. All right. So, um, all right. So you did your homework. You're playing some video games. Are you the best gamer on the team? I'm still the best gamer. Undisputed. Any Undisputed? Game. Undisputed. There is no, there is no maybe him, maybe. No, it's me. Okay. It's me. Who, who is the distant second? I would say that's a good question. I say I say Xavier because he's just like me. He's he's good at a lot of different games. All right. I, now you you obviously on the road you don't get your own room, right? You have a roommate. I do have a roommate. Did you kick the roommate out of the room so you could do this interview? I actually didn't. He's uh it's Malik Renew, by the way. Okay. My best friend on the team. So he's actually in X's room right now, which is literally right next door. Where I just left actually. All right, so, so that- let's is that the Miami connection? Is that you guys just understand each other in a Miami way? 
something like that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about. You said he's your best friend on the team. You mm-hmm. know, the last time we talked to you, you were still down in Miami. You had to finish up some schoolwork. You got to Indiana later than the rest of the team because I had to finish up down there. Yep. And then you kind of had to crash course both the system and just fitting in and the way Woody does things and also fitting in socially and getting to know these right. guys because there's only so much you can get to know somebody, you know, with a stupid headset on playing uh, Trigger Happy 32 on Call of Duty yeah. or whatever your call <laughs> name is. Yeah. Uh, so so tell us what it was like for you when you got to Bloomington. What was your what was your experience like when you first got to B-Town? Yeah, so um, actually when I first got here, it was actually the time that a lot of the team went home. So I was I was really only left with, I think it was just me, Khalil Ware, and, and, and Renu were the only ones here. So, I mean, it was extremely easy. I mean, I've talked to uh, Malik a little bit. I seen him when he was in Miami because, of course, he's from there, and I was, I was staying down there. And, and Khalil's just a, a, a nice, outgoing guy. So just me meshing with them made it easy for me to mesh with everybody. I, I think about um, your experience at the D1 level, and I wonder when you get to Bloomington and you do need to pick up what Woody wants from all of you, the system, and even the chemistry of the other players, is there any degree which you need to to unlearn stuff that you were doing, say, in Miami, and, then, and then reprogram yourself? 100%. So not just with the – the play calls, so like the way uh, Coach Woody, um, the way he acknowledges some things is in the verbiage is completely different from Coach Larenega. So of course that's something I had to learn, and of course the system I always go back to is just basketball. It's like riding a bike. It's something I've been doing basically all my life. I'm a student of the game, so of course it was it was a struggle at first because of course Coach Woody and Coach L have two different uh, levels of coaching and two different ways of coaching, but. It was all it was all easy, like having players like X, having players like Malik who know the system, know what Woody expects. It was and then me being as close to them as I am now, it was just it was an easy transition for me. What was the first thing that you realized um on a big picture level? I want to kind of do big picture and small, but on a big picture level, from system to system, how would you describe the differences between what Coach Woody does and what you were doing down in Miami? Uh Coach Woody is definitely a, a lot more aggressive. And I don't mean that in a bad way at all. Like the way he gets his point across is very efficient and it and it's very it's very direct. And and Coach O, Coach O is more of a laid back kind of coach. I, I I would say he's the most laid back coach in the country between all the coaches I've met. So just having the the, the different levels of intensity, I think was the biggest thing I noticed. And well, then on and, a small level, sorry, if I could just do the the B I, side. I was going to keep it on the big big side. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Of of looking at what what is his coach Woody's philosophy, both on offense on and on defense, that might be uh, a contrast and different from Coach L. Right. Um. So I would actually say their their offensive um the the way they teach offense is kind of the same. Like Woody Woody is pretty loose with with your play on the offensive end like he allows you to be the player that you want to be of course it has to be within a system but the system he has is is kind of free-flowing like you see in the past years and even this year like Malika grab it off the boards and, and push the ball last year that was Trace or last year it was race so just having that I think that's very similar on the offensive end and the defense the defense I would say is the biggest difference because the defensive 
game plan that Woody has is very intricate and it's very detailed. And it's something that, it, I, to be honest, took me a, a little bit of a, a time to learn. So just being able to do that, I think that that's the biggest difference. One of the things we've heard when we had Kenya on the show and Yah and Walsh when Woody came in was that Woody teaches pick and roll defense and rotations very differently than most people in college. Now, obviously, you only played for one other coach in college, but right. was that specific thing different? And without giving away like the magic sauce, right? Can, can you tell us kind of what is it about it that is different than what you learned in Miami? I think the biggest part of it is he he takes his big out of the equation. He wants to keep his big men on the other team's big men. So the big that's guarding the other big that's setting the screen isn't necessarily like, how do I put this? He isn't necessarily pressuring the ball or making the ball handler make a decision. Uh, so he <laughs> won't hedge? Well, So like the big man won't go out and hedge hard like we see almost everywhere else in college basketball? Yeah. Miami, we had a we had a very hard hedge, which means the five man comes out and he disrupts the ball handler and makes him go backwards or away from the basket, yeah. wherever that wherever that may be. But Woody teaches it so the players on the other side, the defensive players on the other side, opposite of where the ball screen is set, they're the ones disrupting the the ball handler. Interesting. So that that was the biggest uh, difference for me, and that was it. Took me a pretty long time to learn to learn that. But you, even though you got there later than the rest, you're one of like ten new guys on this squad. So I wonder, what have you seen from the time you arrived and first practices and to the first few games, which I think you know everybody is just starting to fill each other out in a completely different way from practice setting. Um, how have you charted that progress? And where do you think you guys are as of the Maryland game in terms of being in sync with each other? 100%. And I think the first couple of games we played obviously were a little rocky. I mean, a lot of people think that we were playing lesser competition, but in today's college game, like every team is good. Of course, with this transfer portal and NIO happening, every team is good. So, and of course, yes, I'm one of, I'm one of 10 new guys. So we're all learning the system at the same time. Me a little later than others because I came a little later, but we're all learning a, a very brand new system with a very brand new coach. And it was a struggle to begin with, but now I'm comfortably and honestly saying, I think that we're we're starting to get a hang of it. Everyone is starting to, to learn their role, learn what they're good at, learn what this team needs from them. And we're starting to play well, and we're starting to play how we need to play, which is Indiana basketball. What uh, What did you have to do to kind of – because you did come in a little later, did you have to do extra film work? Like, because you can't, you can only practice so much by yourself. You right. know I mean? Like you need the rest of the team out there. And it's not like you can call other, all other 16 guys and go, Hey guys, meet me at the gym for a workout. I want right. to catch up. Were you doing some extra film study and, and talking to the assistant coaches more maybe on, on just catching up on the system? hundred percent. When I was in Miami, I would get the film of every practice they did. Oh, I got there. So that I got the defensive playbook. I got the offensive playbook. So just me taking it upon myself and, and, and really testing how involved I want to be and how dedicated I am to this team. I had to do my own homework. All right. I wanted to ask this because my daughter is playing basketball on Wednesday nights and I played basketball through high school. But that was like we did our practices. We did like layup lines, you know, yeah. and maybe four corners. It was pretty simple stuff. 
Right. I go to her practices on Wednesday night and I can't believe the drills they're doing. <laughs> like I can't, I don't even know where she's supposed to go. <laughs> when you you're you played high level college basketball ward and i have been lucky and snuck into some practices and seen how intense and fast practices are but the drills are so intricate it's one thing learning plays learning the drills are difficult or you're going to get hit in the head with a ball because you're not one. looking in the right direction did it take you any time to just learn where to go on the drills so so because we do the drills so often it, it didn't take me long at all so we do the same so we have a warm up that we do every day. We do the same drills every day, and 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 that made it easy for me to learn it more so than the plays because we would only scrimmage some days, but we have a specific time at the start of practice where we do like the same five or ten drills every day. So that was actually pretty easy. But yeah, when I first got here the first day, and seeing the different drills that they were doing, I was a hundred percent like a deer in the headlights. So who I, did you go to? Sorry, uh, I went straight to Malik. Yeah. Straight to Malik. I mean, he's a sophomore, but I look at him as a veteran guy. He's been in this program and he's been coached by by Woody. Uh, and, and obviously this is a new coach for me. And of course, that's the person I went to. He's the person that plays my position. And um, he's he's been a good teacher for me in the beginning. When you're going into any new program with new coach, new coaching staff, you, you know, you're a wily veteran in the college game, but you're still a young man. And I'm sure there's still so much of the game you want to learn. And now you've got the top man in the program bringing in 40 years of NBA experience. Can you give us an example of, you know, whether it be something you did individually or the team as a group where, where he talked about a concept or implemented a concept that you were like, whoa, I've never yeah. seen that before. It was, it was ball screen defense, pick and roll defense. The way, the way he teaches it and the way his system is set up, is it, it honestly caught me by complete surprise because I've never, mind you, I've only played for one college coach, but I know many. And obviously he, like Coach L, hasn't been my only basketball coach. So just seeing the way Woody teaches pick and roll defense in specific definitely was like an eye-opener for me because I've never seen it taught that way. Mm. So you come from Miami, which they've had a lot of success in basketball in recent years. And Coach L is a great, great coach. But it's Miami, it's South Beach, it's a football school for the most part. Basketball's been more successful than football recently. But then you come to Indiana where it's quite the opposite. Mm -hmm. Did you have a moment when you came to Indiana since getting there in the late summer where you realized, oh, basketball really does mean something to these people here? So I, I'm pretty sure I've had a moment before this, but the most like moment that stood out to me was the first game that we played in assembly. And of course, it's against a lesser team, and but the arena was just was just packed. The arena was packed. So just seeing so many people show up for a game that, in my mind, coming from Miami, the the stadium would be kind of empty if I'm being completely honest. If we're playing a, a lesser team like we like we did here, but just seeing how many people came out to support us, even Hoosier Hysteria, seeing something something, all those people come out for that signing how many autographs I had to sign, different people coming up to me, wishing me good luck, all good wishes. It was just, that's the moment I realized, like, I'm in a college town, I'm in a basketball town. What, how about walking around campus or in the community? Uh, you know, it, it's it, you're hard to miss, right? You're, you're a pretty big guy, so people will, I'm sure, even though you're new to town, recognize you as an IU basketball player. 
what is it like? Are you getting more people coming up to you for pictures and saying things than in Miami? And has has that largely been positive or or is that something that you seem like you're a, pre, a people person, but can that be a little bit of an adjustment? Um, it's definitely, I definitely get more people coming up to me here than, than Miami because, of course, everyone comes to Miami. So all the celebrities are in Miami. So, like, Miami basketball is lower on the totem pole. But I love it. I love it here. I love the attention because it just shows how many people want us to succeed and how many people want us to do well. So I love when people come up to me and, and I can do nothing but just have a big smile on my face because it makes my day every time. One of the first things you got to do as far as fan interaction at Indiana was the fantasy weekend that yep. we got to participate in. You had only been there for a few weeks at that time, if that. We ran into you at Buffalo Louis of all places. <laughs> yep. um, but what was that weekend like where you get you got to you know coach a team of fans? You had a group of, of 10 to 12 guys who were on your team, and then there was the fan fest. But the whole weekend of just real communication with fans what was that like for you uh if i had to describe it in one word i'd say genuine i'd say genuine because the, the the excitement they brought me and the excitement i could tell i brought them was something that i've honestly never experienced before and it was pretty heartwarming because uh, like i don't know i i had that much impact on people and just from in this sport and and just just representing something like indiana means so much to me because of how I see it impacts other people. So just just seeing the positivity that it brings people and, of course, feeling the positivity it brings me is just once in a lifetime. That's how we ex explain it. Well, and how's life as an IU student? I, I can't imagine the experience as a basketball player. Obviously, that permeates everywhere you go and everything you do. But can you kind of separate what it's like to be an IU student going to class? Yeah, so I actually, so because I have my degree already, I do still take five classes, but four of my five classes are online. Okay. So I only, only go to one class in person, and it's twice a week. Yeah, he takes well, Minecraft, Roblox, <laughs> Call of Duty He's not eight years old. <laughs> what games are you? <laughs> well, look, I got to say, though, it, do you find a way or an excuse to get yourself to stroll through campus? Because it is the most beautiful campus in America. OK, OK. I haven't seen much of it because I, I most of my classes are online and most of my time is spent in the gym. But when I do go to class, I do take the long route sometimes just to see different buildings and interact with different people around campus for sure. All right, so let's get to the season it comes upon you. First time you get to put on those candy stripe pants. Mm -hmm. Like and be in that locker room and feel the energy of the fans that are showing up early to to students to get their best seats. 100%. Uh, what was it like running out that first time? Ah, man. I honestly my body felt numb hmm. because I, I knew I was I knew I was finally participating in something that is much, much bigger than me, much bigger than Coach Woody, much bigger than Assembly Hall, if that makes sense. So just being able to represent something that has so much history and knowing that now I'm a part of it, and maybe a little part, but any part is a big part to me. Just just knowing that I've participated in something that a lot of people dream of participating in and a lot of people love to see. So it was just once in a lifetime and it made my body feel numb. I do remember that. I wonder with that extra that comes with being an IU player, 
on the court once once the game gets going and those maybe not even just the first home game but the first few games as a Hoosier did you find yourself having to to uh, calm yourself down in a way I mean look you've played in the NCAA tournament you've gone deep in the tournament uh, was there a, a physical adjust adjustment to the excitement of being a Hoosier uh y- yeah yeah, I start so so when I when I actually get in the game and start playing, it comes pretty easy. I kind of I can I can block out the the crowd and stuff like that, but I start off on the bench. So obviously the play goes, and then I get to looking around and all the people in the crowd, and then of course someone scores on our team, and and then see, seeing their excitement and joy, I definitely have to calm myself in. And then when Woody first called me to the table to sub in for my first time, I definitely was sitting at the table waiting for the dead ball, having to calm myself down. For sure. That's awesome. Have you been kicked out of practice yet? No. <laughs> Good. You had to think about it, though. That means that maybe there was a close time or two. <laughs> um, thinking uh, about what you said in terms of it's it's bigger than you, it's bigger than Coach Woody, It it was reminiscent of a locker room speech we got to see that Victor Oladipo gave to you and the team. And I just wanted to talk to you about what that meant. And I know Isaiah Thomas was around when you guys made that trip to New York. Can you, can you talk about interacting with Hoosier legends like that and, and what that meant to you now as one of their brothers? hundred percent. Um, it gives a different perspective because obviously Isaiah was coached by the late legend. So hearing his perspective versus Victor Oladipo was almost identical because of course of course Woody was coached by the same the same legend. So so hearing that his teachings and his philosophy just trickles down to everybody, it just it just is is really it's really great to see. And of course Woody is spilling all of that knowledge on us as well. So and and then hearing Oladipo talk about, of course, what I said earlier about how it being bigger than him, it being bigger than us, and it being bigger than Coach, just helped me better understand that we're we're playing for something that's much greater than what we think it is now. Like this is something that's that's lived for a long time and will continue living far beyond us. Do you um have you had any kind of education about the history of Indiana basketball? How do you learn about the lore of IU, which obviously, you know, like Ward and I grew up with, it's just part of who we are. Obviously that's not part of how you grew up, but how do you take that in? So, so hearing, hearing what he talked about his experience playing here and his experience with his old coach just made me want to do my own research about, about IU, about Indiana, because honestly coming in, obviously everyone knows who Indiana is, but, being a part of it and really understanding what Indiana is all about is a completely different thing. So hearing Woody talk about it just inspired me to do my own little background knowledge on it and and, and learn about how big this program really is. So let's talk about New York on the court because it was, it was two very different games. And um, I just wonder with running up against the national champs, in market uh, Madison Square Garden, what did you individually and the team take away from that 
um, and will be able to, I mean, I'd say you, you were immediately utilizing those lessons against Louisville in the next game, but why was that important to, you know, just get thumped early in the season by a big badass team? A hundred percent. And, and I, well, well, we, I just lost to them when I, when I played at Miami and then obviously they went on to win. So I, I knew the type of program they are. I was recruited by them. So I know the type of coach they have. So just being able to play against a team that's very strong that early, of course, is extremely important. Just seeing how they run their sets, how they guard, just little things like that, their attention to detail, just just little things like that can teach a team and, and, and really help a team grow. And I think it's definitely better to lose to to a team like that that bad early than it is <laughs> a couple months in the season. Yeah, so for sure. This, this is a, it was a big learning lesson for all of us. And immediately we watched film and applied some of their tactics into our next game, which is what all good teams do. Had you played at Madison Square Garden before? I haven't, but I actually played at Barclays a couple okay. times. What was it like playing in the garden? So I, re I remember seeing Victor Romayana, uh his first impressions of the garden, and he said it was smaller than he think it was going to be. <laughs> and I, I remember him saying that, and I and I actually went in there and said the same thing. I, I don't know why I expected it to be so grandiose and so big, but it it's 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 a pretty cozy arena if you ask me. I mean, really, I, I grew up closer to that to that area in New York, and I spent a lot of my childhood in New York. So maybe that's a, a big reason why I think it was so I was so comfortable there. But it's definitely a beautiful arena, 100%. It's a beautiful arena, and it's a once-in-a-lifetime chance to play there for sure. So Madison Square Garden is also where you had a little bit of a coming-out party. That game against Louisville, which was a tough game, really close until late in the second half when the team switched to a zone. But you play 20 minutes in that game. You go for 11 points and seven rebounds. Is it just a matter of you getting more and more comfortable with the system? And also we hear so much about defining your role. Do right. you feel like you know what your role is on this team right now? hundred percent, hundred percent. And I think honestly, that's the game. I, I, I figured it out because just the, just the way I played in, in, in the way I saw the team respond, I feel like, okay, this is what the team need, especially coming off the bench is, is another spark. Mm -hmm. So that's, that I'm going to me and Peyton actually speaking of sparks. So yeah, <laughs> with, with our energy and our defensive intensity, I think is, is very important for the team. And I think that's the game I figured out that that's another step that this team needs. Yeah. Well, obviously it was a huge part of why we won that game and you've continued it. You've had several, three games in a row. Now the game after that Harvard, you score nine points, four rebounds. Then this last game, which, by the way, against, I guess you could say your hometown school a little bit in Maryland. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if there's a little extra oomph in that game for you. But you score six points, a rebound, and assist. You play 20 minutes again. So your minutes have gone up in the last couple games. You've become a key part of the rotation, and you're winning. Um, yeah. So how would you, besides energy off the bench, how would you define your role on this team? Um. I, I have to be I have to be an aggressive defender, especially coming off the bench. I, I feel like that's my most important role on this team is, is coming off the bench and bringing that intensity, bringing that spark and, and especially on the defensive end because stops win games, stops yeah. win. Games. You got to stop the other team from putting the, the ball in the hoop. So that's the most important thing for me right now. Now, 
it's still relatively early in the season, but it already feels like as we're now creeping into Big, Big Ten schedule, uh, games are going on, Michigan obviously tomorrow, but this rotation is maintaining a depth that mm-hmm. you don't see a lot. And I'm I'm not really familiar with how much uh, of a rotation was going on down in Miami, but when you've got nine, 10 guys um, in the game pushing, you know, 15, 20 minutes, what are you seeing in that? Um, you know, is that as much about getting you all prepared for later in the season, depending on matchups? Or do you do you feel like the plan is to keep going 10 guys deep as we get into January and February? Honestly, Woody talks a lot about our depth and a lot. Of, and I think the way he built this team was for him to be able to to use as many players as he can, because. He loves to say tonight might be not be your night. It might be your teammates' night. And and being so playing at Miami, it was a team, Florida State is is very notorious for playing 10, not eight to ten guys. Mm-hmm. And, and and playing against a team like that is extremely hard, especially when you're using a rotation of six and seven. And and we're very mobile and we're very agile this year. We're we're a very fast team. So us being able to run people out the gym and always have fresh bodies to to compound with that, I think is a very strong, strong tactic to use and very hard to guard and very hard to play against. I have to ask this because your coach gets asked this in every game in the press conference, which is the three-point shooting on this team. It right. just hasn't come together yet. How much do you focus on the stats I mean, obviously, you didn't even know your own stats in Madison Square Garden, so I guess the answer is probably not much. But does the team focus at all on that? Do you talk about it? Do you? What is your reaction to just a little bit of the three-point struggles that have started in this season? So me personally, I'm honestly not worried at, at, at all, and to be completely honest, because we have shot makers on this team, and, and shots will eventually fall. I mean, we, we get good looks from the three. Uh, obviously, we play most of our game in the paint. But, again, the more you shrink the floor on defense and then we spray out and get open threes, I think the threes will, will start to fall. And, of course, we get a lot of shots up in practice. We get a lot of shots up on our on our own individual time. So we have shot makers on this team, and, and them shot makers will make shots. Trust me. Trust me. You mentioned the paint. And we we cannot not mention – we talked about your roommate there, Malik – but Khalil has really made some noise early in yeah. the season. And what you're seeing from him on and off the court, practice, in games, um, just give us your impression on having a teammate who's that tall and that skilled. Yeah, he's a problem. He, <laughs> he, he, that I don't think can be solved. I don't think can be solved. I mean, his his motor in the games, his his aggression on the boards, his – his aggression looking to score at all times when he has two feet in the paint and just his skill level, like he can step out and hit a three. Like, you know, he can push the ball when he grabs a rebound if he decides to. So just be, him being that much of a, a deadly weapon on, on offense and defense is is something spectacular. And, of course, I haven't played with anybody like him. Well, not many have because there aren't many yeah. like him. You know, the the adage in college basketball – is and and in the NBA, but in college basketball is guards. You need guards, 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 guards. We know. Okay, we get it. And we've got guards. We've got some good guards. And obviously X being hurt the last game and a half has not been helpful, but hopefully he'll be back soon and 
and that will help. And Gabe's a freshman and figuring it out. And Trey, Trey had a great game last game where he just kind of filled the stat sheet. But our front court, like Ward alluded to, is amazing right now. I mean, I I think you'd be hard pressed to find a more productive front court in the country, of which you are a part of. When you think of you and Malik and Khalil and McKenzie, and then Peyton coming on, you know, with with the defense and rebounding, that is an imposing front court. Do you guys have a nickname? You you need a nickname. Every, I mean, you're a group. You got to come up. Got to got to come up with one for us. I know. Uh, we got to come up with something. You need a nickname. What's that the, nickname? The front, is Malik in the room? <laughs> Malik's in the room. Malik's in the room. Malik. Malik, you need a nickname for the front court, right? Malik, talk to him. Talk to him. Come on, we need a nickname. You're not being interviewed. You can think about it while we do this interview. We got to figure it out. We got to figure it out. We definitely need one, though. How's Malik doing? Let's just say hi to Malik real quick. Let's just say hi to him. Malik, come here real quick. How we doing, buddy? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Are you going to get good rest tonight for this big game tomorrow? Yeah, I'm resting. I'm resting. All right. How you feeling? How's the back? Uh, a little sorry, but I'm good. I'm good. All right. All right. You've been playing great. We love watching you, man. Thank you. Thank you. We won't we won't keep you guys up too late. Um see you soon. See you soon. For sure. Yeah, we'll see you soon, for sure. Um, let's let's talk about Mac real quick because here you go. Not only another new guy, but a freshman. You know, he's he's real new to the whole scene, and there is an extra bright spotlight on him being the the five-star freshman who decommitted from Duke. Um, what have you seen from him in, in just sort of adapting to um, this this very bright spotlight? And, and have you or some of the older guys been able to help him kind of just get used to what it means to be playing at this level? Yeah, I mean, honestly, he... I say he's very monotone. I mean, he doesn't really show that much emotion. So he doesn't really show that anything's getting to him. So he has a he has a, a, a an acceptable exceptional knack for scoring. Uh, he has a great feel for the game on the offensive end. Of course, he's young. He's a freshman, and like I said earlier, the the defense we have here is very intricate and it's very detailed. So of course, he's still having his struggles with that a little bit, but he's getting better. He's he's getting a lot better at it, and again with the with the minutes he's playing and the reps he's getting in games, it's only a matter of time before he gets more and more comfortable. I mean, he's been playing extremely well in my opinion the last couple games. So just just for him, just to see him be able to grow right in front of my eyes during the game is something that I'm happy that I can see. And of course, yeah, he has a lot of questions for us older guys, but that's what we're here for. We're a team. We're the sum of our parts. So anything he needs. We share every our knowledge. We share our game, our game knowledge with him, and, and just help him out as, as much as possible. Front Street, Front Street. That's what I'm pitching. It's the front, front court. It's Front Street. We're on Front Street. <laughs> that's a that's a dangerous block to be on if you want to call it. Yes, front. exactly. <laughs> you don't want to be caught on Front Street. Yeah, you don't want to be caught on Front Street. Just saying, but- unless we can beat it, that's what I'm going with. That's what I'm going with. <laughs> Look out for the T-shirts. All right, let's get back to Bloomington for a second. I know you haven't ordered too many chicken tenders, but have you fallen in love with anything other than Buffaloes? Is there a pizza spot, another restaurant, a place you like to go? You are of age, so you could go to a bar or two. Is there a place that you like hanging out at? 
So it's a it's a chain, so it's everywhere. But I didn't know that Bloomington had a Texas Row House, and Texas Row House is one of my favorite restaurants. So I've never been. I've never been to a Texas Row House. Really, Row House? Where is it? I don't even know where it is in Bloomington. It's like maybe fifteen minutes away from the football stadium. Maybe I, I get caught going there by myself sometimes. <laughs> Late at night, sometimes I, I is like. It, is it at near the College Mall? Uh, I couldn't tell you to be honest. Hmm. I couldn't tell you. What's but, your order there? So I always get a bacon bacon cheeseburger with fries, but that's not why I go there. I go there for their rolls, the bread. Mm. What kind? What are they warm? Are they warm? They they seat you with them. So yes, oh. they're warm. They're soft. They're fluffy. They come with two different. They got a butter, cinnamon butter. You it's had the, me at they seat you with them, and that, it's that's free. It. Yeah. Oh, I mean, see, <laughs> this is the thing. This Wait, is the thing. You let cinnamon butter go right by you. Like, they have... oh, I didn't hear cinnamon butter. Yeah, yeah. Cinnamon they give you butter, butter and cinnamon butter. Yeah. I mean, we got to get there. This is where we're going to go next time. Because here's the deal. I hope nobody takes this the wrong way. Mexican restaurants figured this out years ago. People <laughs> sit down, give them chips and salsa, right? You just give them something. The, the nibble give them something. And most places have gone away from that because they're trying to save money. So they don't want to yeah. give you free rolls. But a place that gives you free rolls, let me ask this question about the cinnamon butter. Is the cinnamon butter soft? Of course it is. I mean, this, this is Texas Row House we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't mean anything to me, but I'll take your word for it. I, I got to get there. I got to get there. Cinnamon butter? That's yeah. amazing. This is unconditional love, by the way. Like, I don't have any ties with Texas Row no House. No NIL deal. No NIL no deal. NIL Texas Row House. This is unconditional love. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> well, look, I, I really don't want to keep these gentlemen up. It's many. what? Just some what? superlatives for teammates. We got to get some superlatives. Okay. Um. Let's see. What is it? And a... we will not count Malik in it because he's your roommate and he's right there. So he is excluded from this competition. <laughs> he left the room. Honestly, oh, he left, he left the room? Okay. Start with Malik. A superlative for Malik. One word. Bro. Ooh. All right. I'm going to go a different route. I'm going to go a different route on superlatives. Most likely to leave their hotel room a total mess. <laughs> Just so everybody who's listening knows, he is looking around his own room. Malik. <laughs> okay. It goes like Malik, then like me. Ooh, so we're that's like, a bad combo to have on the road together. That's a bad combo. Well, no, it's perfect. It's only day for day. Yeah, yeah, and then and then somebody, it's somebody else's problem. Um, who's okay? Who's the most fastidious? Who will you walk into their apartment or dorm room in Bloomington and everything is in its place? Hmm. Khalil, where? Hundred percent. Best dressed. See, if I can't say myself, I'm gonna say Xavier, but we butt heads on this a lot. Really? I'm the best dressed, but he thinks he's I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with Xavier. I'm gonna go with Xavier. I'm gonna Diplomatic. Go but what did you think about those leather pants at the Maryland game? So I can't do leather pants. I don't know about 
guys, but I can't play. Yes, you do know about us guys. You absolutely know. We cannot do leather pants. I don't know. So we we I subbed out at a game and I went over and he was like he he tapped me. He was like, everybody can't do this, eh? Everybody can't do this. <laughs> and I was like, I was like respect, bro, because I definitely cannot. Nah, bro, so I'm, I like his I like his I like his style. I like his style. Now, my daughter told me recently, because one of the things I like to do, I like to use the young people jargon. So (laughs) if I'm wearing something, I like to say to young people, you like my drip? Yeah, that's that drip. But she told me drip is out. And now it's you like my fit. So it's both. I wouldn't say drip is out. I wouldn't say drip is out. Okay, good. But, but, but we in definitely... fairness, we're in Los Angeles and you're in Indiana. So we may know what's out before you. <laughs> Maybe. That is true. <laughs> and by we, we mean our children. Yes. <laughs> um, all right. Who who makes you laugh the most on the team? Malik. Malik for sure. We got the same sense of humor. Malik, it goes it goes Malik, Khalil, and then I go CJ. Like that. Uh, because I know it's easy, but I got to do it. Worst drip on the team. Worst drip? Hmm. See, I would say Gallo, but it, I don't. It's not Gallo. It's but Gallo, not... Gallo would say he has the best because he really fashions himself like a style guy. Oh, you're not buying so, it. So, so Gallo, Gallo can dress, but it's just the like. I don't know. I, that's a good question. Because Gallo, that's a good question. That's I feel good... like it's somebody like Gabe. I feel like Gabe's not putting any thought into what he's wearing. He's just trying to go get another workout in. Peyton Sparks. Oh, <laughs> oh yes. Because there's yes. no sleeves that will fit the man. Peyton Sparks, for sure. Gabe <laughs> is second, though. But Gabe Gabe comes in with Gabe Cubs gear. So yeah. I, the Breakfast Club gear, all that, I love all that. That, that. that stuff is tough to me. It's hard. I like me. that. Ward, you got another one? Um, what? Uh, who on the team has the worst singing voice? Hmm. Hmm. I go Khalil. <laughs> yeah. We all know CJ got the best. CJ can. CJ can spit. What? What's we he are... like to sing? What's he? What's he singing around the locker room? Bands. Bands is his rap name. That's it. Uh, if you hear him rapping or singing, it's his own song. Fantastic. Love that. And then you got the team there to support him. So we all know the lyrics and stuff. We be singing it with him. So it's all it's a good time. What's on your pregame music uh playlist these days? So I listen to a lot of Jasmine Sullivan. I don't know if you know who she is, but she's more of a she's more of an R and B type female artist. So I listen to a lot of R and B and slow music before the games to try to calm myself down. Current or older? Uh current. I would actually think you would like like old school R and B. Like if you went back to like Teddy Pendergrass and stuff like that, I think you would. That's not a bad. That's not a bad music. That's not you bad. Know what music. I mean? I just. Yeah. Uh, I think you might dig that. Just might give you a different uh, mood before a game. I listen to everything, everything, literally everything but opera. So, I've I've heard it all. Current, old, I've country, heard country. I'm just now getting in the country. I yeah, welcome to-, to Indiana. Yeah, <laughs> but but you can't you can't take what they're giving you on the radio, uh, country wise. That's where you got to go back to the seventies. Let some of that outlaw country that, yeah. and you got Sturgill Simpson and a few people doing really cool stuff Luke now. Luke Bryan's not, cool. Luke Bryan's cool. There's there's a couple. I heard, I heard his songs. 
Yeah. But you don't, cool. you don't want to. What's that? I said, I couldn't tell you the names of his songs, but I've definitely heard a couple of his songs because a lot of people are a fan of him. All right. One question, more question before we let you go. The other day, the Maryland game, there was a lot of excitement in that building. It was the first Big Ten game. It's like we're really getting into the season. But the other thing that happened was new football coach. And with right. it comes new enthusiasm and new energy. And that football coach, coach, which we call him Cigar Netty, because <laughs> I, we have to, uh, he gets on the microphone during a timeout and he says, Purdue sucks. See, I and didn't know. Yeah, did, that was going to be my question. Did you hear that? I didn't. I, all I remember is, because I was, because mind you, Coach Woody's drawing up three, four plays at a time. So I'm so, so I'm trying to so I'm trying to focus on the plays and then I hear I hear someone announce him and then I hear everyone just get loud out of nowhere. And then of course after after the game I, I heard what happened and and yeah, that's a pretty bold thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> bold thing to say first day on campus, but of course we're all for it. I mean we're the Hoosiers, so it's it's us versus them and, and it's us every time as far as I'm concerned. So I love I'm it. On- uh, well, you certainly are a Hoosier now. We're so glad for it. Uh, we're so excited. The season is underway, and you're sure. going to have um, two middle-aged guys in Southern California going crazy at their television sets tomorrow night uh, with you guys being in Ann Arbor, and we can't wish you enough luck. And, um, you know, from now until the time we get back to Bloomington to seeing you, uh, just know we're going to be rooting like hell. Yeah, that means a lot more than you think. Trust me. Trust me. You're the man, Anthony. You tell the rest of Front Street to have a good night. (laughs) Front Street might stick. Front Street might stick. Just share it with the guys and then shoot me a text after you win tomorrow (laughs) night and let me know how what they think about how Michigan handled Front Street last night. Okay, (laughs) just tomorrow night. All right, buddy. We love we love rooting for you. Your energy is infectious, and uh, you play with emotion out on the court, which we love. So keep it up, keep your head down, and get some sleep. I appreciate that. Y'all stay blessed. I appreciate you having me on y'all show again. Thank you. That was a guest. That was a guest. You know, we said it after the first time we talked to him. You would be hard pressed to find a guy that I like more than him. Just having a conversation with, he is fun. Yeah, it's it definitely reads over Zoom over a podcast, but in person it's even, you know, maybe it helps that he's a head taller than you where you're just like this guy's so engaging, his presence is so present. He's right there with you and presence. um is down for a good time. Um but he'll go he'll he'll have a serious conversation with you. He'll have a goofy conversation with you. And certainly a guy who, wherever life takes him beyond the Indiana Hoosiers basketball team, is going to be wildly successful. Yeah, you're absolutely right when you said present. That is the word that I would use to describe him. He's present, obviously, in the games. We see his energy. He's just in every moment. But in a conversation, he's present in every beat of the conversation. And and he's he's making jokes and connecting things. And I, I just I love listening to him talking and kind of watching him think through answers. And he, he never gives you a cliche answer. He really like thinks about what's happened in his life and, and the way he answered the Woody stuff, you know, uh, on the differences and how he struggled with that at the beginning. I just think he's, he's very comfortable in his own skin as well. He's not trying to be anyone else. This is who he is. And he, 
he's happy with it. And I'm happy he's happy with it. Well, and I love that he came from a situation in where Miami, and he said it in the interview, that the six, seven guy rotation and Coach L kind of went a different way when he brought a couple of those guys in. And one has to wonder, okay, he's he's moving his life. He's heading up to Bloomington. What role is really in store for him? And just to see him get the minutes and then within three, four games, really find his groove and take full advantage of those minutes. And there's there's nothing more we want to see than when guys come in off the bench and fulfill their role and and not only maybe maintain a lead, but extend it. And, you know, I think we see it a lot um, with those second units in the NBA, but every team does the second unit. So that's sort of offset. But it'll be interesting to see as we get through the Big Ten season. You know, we all kind of pull our hair and gnash our teeth when we have a nice little lead built up with uh, 12 minutes uh, left in the first half and the second unit comes in and we're like, but no, this is working. Run it up to 15 or something and and you know they've sometimes held their own sometimes extended that lead and um getting into the second half we've seen some of those guys been really crucial at bringing home these victories and i just really hope it's not something where you're just getting all these guys run pre big 10 early big 10 and then it really gets tightened up i hope we get to see this kind of rotation well into march yeah i do not i do not I do not want to see us playing 10 guys into March. I don't like the second unit coming in altogether. I, I won't. I, I, I don't like it. I, I like mixing them in with the starters. But I think as you the season goes on, we will not be playing 10 guys. Well, and it's not that. I mean, it's not like a hockey line change. But he is. That, that is what he's been doing so far. Uh, yeah, it, the first time, the first time. But then as you get right. into the second half and he's That's saying fair. who's playing well and where That's the fair. matchups are, it's like I would love for Woody to have 10 guys to pick from to decide who the seven guys are in the second half. Yeah, okay. That, that, that's fair. Um, I, I do think Anthony has been making the best out of his minutes, like you said. But I do want to say one thing to your point about, like, he leaves one spot where he just wasn't getting probably the minutes that he thought he was going to get and to find another situation where he's not a starter. But in our conversation just now, did you hear him talk about how like he is fine just being any small, even I think he said like even a small part of that, like he realizes how special Indiana is. How many times did he say I am playing for something for the first time bigger than myself? And he feels that and that is meaningful to him and he relishes it. And he's not like pouting about minutes. He's happy to be in a place where he can be a small part of that. And being a small part of that makes other people happy. Like it, it, that is so wonderful to hear from a, an athlete in 2023 that it's not about getting hits. It's about being part of something bigger than himself. And that if, is music to our ears. And if more would adopt that mentality, not just college basketball players, but people in life, it's such a liberating notion where, oh, it's not all about me and my ego. Let me see how I can contribute to this greater thing. And then what joy there will be for everybody involved. And he's... He's effusive in his joy, his his love of life, his love of being a Hoosier. And, you know, I said it to 
my wife, I forget which game it was. I, maybe it was the Harvard game and he was playing and she's not really interested in what's happening on the court, but sometimes I can get her attention with, you know, the behind the scenes, who these people are. And I sure. was just like that guy there, he is, he is just somebody you would love to have a conversation with. You would love to have a meal with, and therefore also somebody you really love to root for because you know he's about it for all the right reasons. We didn't ask him to do it. I thought about it, and then I forgot. Follow us on Twitter at Hoosier Hysterics for the hysterics. No E. No I. But the sometimes why? By the time people are listening to this, we're playing in a few hours. That's right. I hope we're winning in a few hours. By the way, Front Street, good job. I like that. Are you into Front Street? I am. I, I was kind of holding my breath to wait to see what Anthony thought. But as soon as he gave it like, mm, yeah, maybe, I was like, that seems pretty badass to me. When he added, you don't want to, that's a dangerous street to be caught on. Like, that's the good shit right there. Yeah, that's just what you want to go for. Yeah, I like it. Front Street. All right. We'll see you next time. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear a screaming shout. I love of Indiana, his manic and devout. Everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics.